Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. I've been going through a period of time. And as we talk about the story and and the journey and some hopefully provide some value to you guys, um, talent can get you pretty far. And I've realized that I've gotten this far, um, honestly, on a lot of talent. And I'm not saying that from a positive perspective. It's when we start digging deep and when you do what you guys are doing, getting in the room and putting in the work, which is why the energy's here. That's where transformation really happens. And I want to just key in on that today because um, there's seasons in life, which again, I'll touch more on this, but you got to really pay attention to the season you're in. And the one thing that I realized is, and you might, you might call bullshit on me for a minute, but you can get to a million in revenue on talent. You can get to 10 million of net worth on talent. But if you really want to make, you know, a real impact and, and I'm not saying that you can't make a real impact at a million dollars of revenue. That's not what I'm saying. But if you really want to make a huge impact in the world, you have, to, you have to know where the line is between talent and then education and transformation and putting in the work. And you can get really, really far on talent. Um, so I just kind of want to anchor with that to begin with. I'm going to talk a little bit today about partnerships too, because I think uh, Kara and I, my wife, my wife's name's Kara. And like he said, we've been married for almost 25 years. And there's one thing that I'm fully convinced of. If you can, whatever you can do on your own, you can do exponentially more with partnerships. And I think the ultimate partnership is the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Most of my successful businesses have been in partnerships as well. And so I'm going to touch on some of that today too, but I just kind of wanted to see where, where the room was so, so we know what we're really getting into. So I think most of you guys have figured out the key to success in this room, whether you realize it or not, because you're here. And on that point, it's really the transformation. It's getting into rooms where we change our mindset. When I look backwards and everybody in this room, and I love walking into a room like this where you're you know, doing a vision exercise and you're really getting deep on it because I can tell you that every point of success in mine and Kara's life started with a certain vision every single time. And the one thing that I really wanna key in on today, goals can get you really far in life. And Mike and I talked about this a little bit. Kara always says that values, you need to have your values written in stone, but you need to be flexible with your goals. You need to have your values written in stone, but you need to be flexible with your goals. And I have a question for you guys. How many of you guys have written goals? How many of you guys have your values written down? Every time we walk into a room, especially a room like this, um, we're so goal-driven. But I'm telling you, if you get really clear on your values, like what you value in life, and it's not a hard exercise, you probably already know. It's not that complicated. By the way, relationships, experiences, and memories is what... It, what, it's what drives everything I do. I call it REM. We want to overcomplicate it though, right? It can't be that simple. It can't just be about relationships. It can't just be about experiences. It can't just be about creating memories. It has to be so much more. No, it doesn't. Um, and really, if you get clear on your values and write those in stone, your goals are going to become a lot easier. And when you start getting off track, 
or you're in the right wrong partnership. And I'm going to talk about some partnerships. I have two main partnerships in my life that started out very, very well and then ended. And neither one of them ended bad. It wasn't a divorce. But when, when you're clear on your values, and this is why it's so important that they're written in stone, you're going to know when the time comes that you need to move on. It's when, you, when you're no longer in a values alignment. So when I look back to, I'll, I'll give you just a little bit of context and background. So I was born in 1978. My dad was an alcoholic. He was a drug addict. He was very, very abusive to my mother. Um, I remember being so callous. I remember sitting on the couch, watching cartoons, and watching my dad beat the living hell out of my mom. And that was kind of my, that was my environment, right? So, you know, when you're, when you're processing all of this, you, you, don't, you don't process it as a kid, right? But then later, and we all have trauma. This is one thing that I love about what Mastin Kip says. It doesn't matter what your trauma is. You can't rank trauma. We all have trauma. Even if you grew up in the best home and they were the most loving. I want to say that we did a pretty good job, but we created trauma in our kids' lives. I guarantee it. Um, now, one of my friends always says there should, be a, um, there should be a time limit on how long, a statute of limitations on how long we blame our parents for our problems, right? Um, so fortunately for me, I got through and over this, and I still have to do the work. This is why we get in rooms like this. But I got through this and over this pretty quickly. And we make choices in life to either be a victim through a circumstance or to be a champion through a circumstance. And I always choose to figure out, and I don't know, it's just in my nature. I mean, even as a little guy, I remember like my dad would be gone for a while. Like when I say a while, I'm not talking a couple hours, like weeks. And then he'd come back in. And my memories are my mom and dad sitting by the fireplace crying, my dad apologizing. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here, right? This is like my cycle. I, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And the reason why I share all this with you, when I met my wife in high school, um, I was dating, actually dating one of her really good friends. And I was like, who, who is that girl? Like, I, I'm like trying to figure out like how to, you know, politely say this to my current girlfriend. I'm like, who's that, that girl that her, the back of her sweater says Sprite. And it was always confusing because her, her sweater, she ran track and her sweater said Sprite. I'm like, who's that Sprite girl? Her last name's Sprite. But it wasn't her last name. It was her track nickname. And so it took Jessica a while to figure out who I was talking to. And finally, I was like, that, like, introduce me. So I met my wife. She obviously wasn't my wife then. We started dating. Um, this was back when cell phones didn't exist and they had landlines. You guys probably don't even... Kara and I would be on the phone till like one or two o'clock in the morning. And every once in a while, a mom's voice would get on the landline and be like, go to bed. And from the time that I met her, we were always like talking about the future. We were always dreaming. It was always a vision conversation. What does the future look like? Because I don't think we realize, and maybe you guys do realize, but I don't think we realize how powerful that visioning and really understanding what the future looks like. But again, you can get pretty far. I mean, you're a good looking guy. You can get pretty far on talent. But you got to do that inner work and get really clear on what that partner looks like on the other side of you. And you have to get really clear. This is why values are so important. It's not enough to set a goal and say to yourself, I want to marry someone that I spend the rest of my life with. That's a great goal. But who are they? What do they look like? What are their values? In order to get all that, you have to understand what your values are. What do you value in life? What's important to you? Because if you don't get really clear that that person across the table from you has the same values... This is why marriages fall apart. This is why I'm telling you, I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm not a psychologist, but I'm, the reason why the divorce rate is 50% is because we set goals around 
you know, attraction and what we want people to look like. And I'm telling you, your goals are going to change. Mike Chu actually said, he came and spoke to a couple's event that we had last November and something that he said changed the way that I think about a lot of things because I was in a season of transition and he talked about Esther Perel and she said a quote, um, you'll on average, we'll be married to three people in our lifetime. The question is, will it be the same person? And what she was really saying is, and I'm going to talk more about this a little bit for our journey as an individual. What she was really saying is about marriage, the person that I married 25 years ago, almost in May, it'll be 25 years. She's a completely different human than who I married. By the way, this is not a marriage talk. Um, but whether it's business partnerships or anything else, it's super important that we get really clear on our values. And so what Esther was saying, and it took me a while to figure this out, the version who Carol was 25 years ago is not who she is today. And we have this idea in our mind that we're going to spend the rest of our lives with this certain person, or we're going to, you know, be in this certain business for the rest of our lives. And I'm telling you all of it, businesses, business partnerships, the person you marry, you, that it's going to change our desires and our outcomes are going to change. When I first started my first business, I thought I was going to be literally 65 years old, retiring in that business, which is what got me into real estate. And I sold in 10 years. I'm not saying that you shouldn't think long-term, but what I am saying is that you should be prepared for adjustments along the way. And this is why the divorce rate is so freaking high because we don't spend enough time making sure that we're aligned in values. So Karen and I would talk till one o'clock in the morning. We were always talking about the future. What does the future look like? And one of the things this is the real core point that I wanted to make on this first part. One of the things that we always talked about, I wanted to be a present father. I wanted to be the most loving father that I could possibly be. I wanted to be the dad that was at every single game. I wanted to be the dad that had time to have breakfast if that's what I wanted to do. Um, I find myself at the age of, I don't know, probably seven. I was working for a plumbing company at the age of 15 for the summers. And then probably around the age of 18, I went to work for that company full time, went through an apprenticeship program. I became a plumber. So I was a plumber by trade. Like literally I've snaked toilets. I've, I've done the whole thing. Um, I got into the construction side and I was running at the age of 22. I was running a three and a half million dollar project. I had like 16 guys underneath of me. And this was, there was a lot of luck in my life. Um, the reason why that happened was I was not ready to run that project, but they were understaffed. And the guy that was running the project got called back to another project that he was on. My boss said, Hey, take care of this for a few weeks. We're going to bring another foreman in and eventually we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get you some help, meaning we'll get you a boss. Well, a year and a half later, I'm still running this project, um, in over my head, but I figured it out along the way. Here's the point that I wanted to make with this. It was out of town. Kara had already had our two boys. She's pregnant with our third child. And I'm working out of town literally 100 plus hours a week. I would go home Sunday night and I would wash clothes, maybe have a cold dinner and head back Monday morning at 3 a.m. So I find myself literally living in my worst hell. So when we have goals and outcomes like make money, have a nice house, all of these things, we get into, we get into challenges. Like there's a yin and there's a, there's a pool. Like, you know, he was talking about the toward energy and the away energy. We have to be really aware of all of this. And if, if Karen and I had goals at that point in time, it would be to make a good living and have a nice house. And, but when the values drive the conversation, one of my core values was being present. I wanted to be a present father, relationships, family, all of that was my core value. Karen and I had talked about this for years. And then I find myself in a situation where I'm, I'm away. I'm like literally missing 
an entire pregnancy. I'm the dad that's not getting to go to the ultrasound. What the hell? Like, this is not what I signed up for. So, um, and you got to pay attention to like the, you know, the stepping stones. And there's that old saying, it's easier to connect the dots going backwards, but we have to learn to try to connect them going forward. And I'm telling you right now that values will make it a lot more clear on where the next step that you should go is. And when we go into a room, even the most high performing rooms, everybody sets goals. Nobody's really clear on what their values are. And I'm telling you, you're going to, it's going to be a lot easier for you to make decisions in life if you have three, four, five, six, seven values that you can measure all of that through. So um, I, I quit my job. Um, I started a business with a partner. As soon as things started, as soon as I saw the tension point, things started opening up, opportunities start opening up. A big client that we were working for in the other organization was like, why don't you guys start your own business? And then we start, the, the universe, God, whatever you want to call him or her, um, starts you know, speaking to you and opens up doors for you. So we opened a business at the age of 24. Um, I literally, and I kind of alluded to this already, Kara and I, I, I didn't, obviously I didn't have a business background. I didn't go to business school. I, I didn't even want to be an entrepreneur. That is the honest to God truth. There was nothing in me that said, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to invest in real estate. I'm going to be financially free. I didn't have any of that language in my world whatsoever. I just knew that because of the values and the vision that we had created in life, this was not what I had signed up for. And so we launched this business. I remember having the conversation with Kara. I said, well, what's the worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is this thing fails. Me and my partner pulled $75,000 out of our 401k. We didn't have a lot in it. We were pretty young. We started this business. What's the worst case scenario? Business fails. Then what? Well, I go get a job. I'm a pretty high qualified you know, guy. I've ran projects. Anybody would hire me. I go get a job doing what I'm actually already doing. Okay, so what? I'm already living my worst case scenario. I'm already doing that. There was no risk. And when you think about this, so many times we use our mind to think about worst case scenarios. And by the way, from a strategy perspective, maybe you should do that from time to time. It's wargaming. I think the best generals in the world wargame shit out, right? So we should do that. But a good friend of ours, Justin Donald, um, was speaking to our couples mastermind at one point in time, and this guy was having some problems, and he was explaining it to Justin, and Justin said, well, listen, there's usually, there's usually the worst case scenario, and there's usually the best case scenario, and most of the time, neither one of those are going to happen. It's somewhere in between. So I'm not saying we shouldn't wargame out the worst case scenario, but we shouldn't use our brain too much for all the worst things that could happen. Because when we really set our vision and it's aligned with our values and we're clear on our goals and we use that as you guys were doing when I walked in for, for positive visioning, I'm telling you when, you're, when, when you find your mind racing to the point where it's like all these worst case scenarios, you need to have a counteract to that. You need to be really clear. This is why vision and values are so important. You need to bring something back to anchoring because the, the odds of the odds of whatever you're visioning happening from a worst case scenario happening are very, very slim. So we need the other side of that outcome and we need to be anchored with that. So we launched the business, um, literally got our license in June of 20, 2000, 2004. Um, by the end of that year, I had 17 employees. We were doing a million dollars in revenue. This was the talent conversation. I didn't expect to have a million dollars in revenue. Again, I was not like, I, I wasn't thinking as an entrepreneur. I didn't expect to have 17 employees when I launched this business. And I didn't expect to do a million dollars in revenue. 
I did not expect to have 100 employees five years later and being on the Inc. Fastest Growing Companies in America list. I didn't expect any of that. I just wanted to be a present father. I just wanted to be a servant to people. I just, I was living my values out. And when you show up with values, and I know this room is full of people that want to serve other people, you want to make an impact in life. This is a generally healthy room. I can see, you know, not just physically healthy, but mentally and spiritually healthy. This, this is the stuff that you've got to figure out what matters to you. And there's all these things that are like, this is why I said talent can get you to a million dollars in revenue. I got to a million dollars in revenue in like seven months with no intention around it. It was just showing up doing the right thing. I had built great relationships. Everybody in that town that we lived in that I had ever come across, whether competitors or people that worked for us, wanted to come to work for us or worked with us. People were lining up like, Mike, can we get a job? Can... It's just crazy. And that was not, there was no talent involved in any of that. I literally had to figure out, how do I hire a bookkeeper? How do I, how do I sell things? I had never done any training whatsoever. So one of the things that I did very early is I realized, like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And at every stage, and this is why I started out with, I already know that you guys are going to be successful. You already know the key to success because you're in this room. So almost immediately, I started asking the question, like, who's the best at this? And those questions started leading me to a company called Business Development Resource. I hired them in 2005, almost immediately. Um, I had a head coach. My accounting team had an accounting coach. My service manager had a service coach. By the way, I didn't have a service manager yet and I didn't have an accounting team, but they started just telling me, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to, and I just did it. If there's one thing that I can tell you is the key to success, number one, be clear on your values. Number two, get in rooms where they teach you like you're in right now and just freaking do exactly what they tell you. I am literally the dumbest guy in most of the rooms that I get into. Why? It's scary. Was anybody scared to come into this room? Like, did you have any kind of, I mean, it's, it does, you don't know. I'm still a little scared to walk into a room. I'm like, Mike Chu put a room together. Like, what are these, who are these people? What's it going to be like? There's a natural tendency for us to be scared. It's okay though. And we got to run into that. But when you don't know, I'm telling you, asking for help is the key to success. Get in that room, be the dumbest guy or girl in the room, and then just do exactly what you're told. And by the way, if, you're, if you find yourself in a room where you're questioning, well, that's not going to work for me and that my clients will never go for that. Um, yeah, Mike might have been successful at XYZ, but I, I think he's, if you find yourself questioning that, you're probably in the wrong room. Get out of the room. Or this might be more of the case. Look internally and just set the ego on the table. That was the key to my success at every stage and still is. When I want to go somewhere new and I don't know how to get there, what do you think I do? I find the best person at it. Like who's already crushing this at such a high level and pay to get around them? Kara and I probably pay $200,000 a year to be in rooms, like literally. Um, there's been years where we paid more. That, that is the key. It's not just knowledge and information, by the way, it's proximity. You know how many people that I've met because I was in a room? And I'm not saying the $200,000 figure to brag. I'm saying that because as you get better, you just continue to escalate. You're just going to keep investing more and more and more money into growth. Unless you get to a point where you're like, I'm good. I'm comfortable. I don't want to learn anymore. I don't want to make any more money. I don't want to be more successful. When you find yourself saying that, maybe that's when you can stop investing and get in bigger rooms. But 
I'm proud of you guys because you're here. And I'm telling you, this is the key to success. Number one, get really clear on your values. Number two, when you know where you want to go, get in the rooms and figure it out. The goals are going to constantly change. But that's why like, be, you got to be really firm on your values, but flexible with those goals. By the way, sometimes things don't work out. There's that book called uh, Three Feet from Gold. And we have to know when this whole goal that we set and the place that we want to go to, we need to, we need to stop working towards something or we're too spread out, right? So in 2005, I was sitting in a profit launch room. It was a three-day planning event with, with my coaching company. And I, my head coach is up on stage and he's speaking and he makes this comment. He says, if your business isn't helping you achieve your personal goals, you just own a job. And I was like, wow. I'm right back to where I was when I left my job and I started my business. And fortunately, this was early in. And if you're not careful, your business, your goals will take over your values. You'll forget why you started. It's so easy. Almost around the same time, we're growing so fast and I don't have enough employees. We've got a Home Depot project under, we got a bank, we've got a $10 million project we're doing out at this mine site. Like I got all this work going on and we're scaling a service department and I, it's, it's Kara's grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary. Kind of a big deal. They live in Wyoming. I live in Nevada. Um, I tell my partner, hey, I'm going to take a few days off. I'm going to take five days off, whatever. I'm going to go this 50. No, you're not. You can't. Like, how are we going to do all this? I got some contractors that I'm working for. Dude, you can't leave right now. Like, we're already behind schedule. Some of these projects that we used to work on are literally, the fees, if you miss schedules, can be like $100,000 a day. Like, insane these are insane numbers. Casinos, mills at gold mines. That was the kind of work we were doing. So much pressure. What's my value? Family time, relationships, experience, memories. Not finishing Home Depots on time. We, we should do that. Like we committed to that. We should do it. I'm like, okay, I got to go. So I leave. I said, I'm going. Where my in-laws live still to this day, but at that point in time, there was no service. The, the internet was horrible. I'd have to drive into town and go to the library to get like check my phone and check internet. And I'd have 72 messages and there's like all this pressure on me and my partner's freaking out. My employees quit. There was a fire, like all. So wedding anniversary is Friday night. I said to Kara, I said, listen, I'm going to go to the anniversary party. I'm going to get a plane ticket out of Rapid City. You're going to drive me there Saturday morning. I'm going to fly back home. I'm going to save the world, right? Um, so I jump on a plane. I fly home Monday night. Um, they're coming back. They drove all the way from Wyoming because we had drove there. And I'm at the grocery store getting groceries for the family to come back home. And I, my phone's like ringing off the hook. It's a number I hadn't, I didn't know. And uh, finally I answered after like three rings, I'm in the grocery store and this is lady just freaking out. And she's like, is this Mike? I'm like, yeah, it's, what's going on? And she's like, your family just got in an accident. Everybody's alive. And I'm like, what do you mean everybody's alive? Like, and to make a long story short, um, they had made it all the way back to Wendover this town on the border. And my sister-in-law took over. My wife had driven like 12 hours. My sister-in-law took, took over and like 10 minutes out of town, they're going 85 miles an hour and she's distracted. She's looking at a CD in the middle and she drives off the road and overcorrects and rolls the car like three times going 85 miles an hour. Um, th th this gets crazier too, and this is somewhat irrelevant, but when there's chaos, there, I mean, it, just all hell breaks loose. And so I'm like, I go to the hospital. I'm like talking to the highway patrol. They're like, yeah, the ambulance took them. They're coming to, they're coming to our town. And so I'm at the hospital. Like the hospital doesn't know anything about it. They're like, are you sure? And they're like trying to 
talked to the sheriff. This was like before, for some reason, the communications, like it wasn't E911 then, and they weren't able to communicate with each other. And they ended up taking my family to Salt Lake City. Yeah. And I'm like, so I'm like three hours after the wreck when I finally find out that they went to Salt Lake City, which is three and a half hours the opposite way. And I didn't get to my family till like one o'clock in the morning. And the kids are at Primary Children's Center. And my wife's pretty beat up. Fortunately, the kids were um, in pretty good shape. Kara was in, I say all that to say, it's a values conversation. When we set our values and we set our North Star, you have to be really, really careful on what you let pull you off of that track. And I, even this last year, we had a family trip that I was like, Kara was even asking me, should we cancel it? And I was like, I'm like this close. And I'm, I'm back to values. Like, what do we value? Time together. The kids love this trip that we take every year. Um, it's, this, it's one of the most magical places on the planet. And I'm like looking at all this stuff when it comes to my business and my career track and my success record and all this. And I'm like, okay, this or this? What if it's the last time that one of my kids ever get to go to Lake Powell? What if it's the last time that I get to see one of my cousins? And I'm not saying that from a fear perspective, but I'm just, you know, anchor it back to the values. Like, what do you really value in life? So my, my coach said, if your business isn't helping you achieve your personal goals, you just own a job, right? Karen and I started thinking about that and they were taking us through the same thing that I'm, it was a, it was like a goals conversation, but they were asking the question, like, what do you really value? And for me, everything for me, one of my core values is freedom. And I know everybody says this. I want to go where I want with who I want, do what I want, how I want, blah. Yeah. Okay, great. That's what we all want. It's in our nature, right? But I want you to get even clearer on that because a lot of you are probably going to name freedom as one of your um, values and, and you should, but what does that really mean to you? Because as you get clear on what that really means to you, um, you know, freedom, freedom might mean if, if freedom is a financial thing, then freedom would tell me, okay, stay in, stay in Nevada, get the Home Depot done. So, <laughs> so you don't get penalized because we don't want a hundred thousand dollars. That's going to take away from my financial freedom. But if freedom means to me, you know, the ability to go where I want with my family, then that North star would tell me go with my family. Right? So a coach says, you know, if your business isn't helping you achieve your goals, you just own a job. I start thinking through all that. And at that point in time, it's 2005. So I'm 25 years old. And I'm like, Kara, what do we really want? They forced us. And you guys are probably have done or are going to do some more of this. They forced us to sit down and say, if money and time wasn't an issue, this is a great values exercise, by the way, if money and time wasn't an issue, what would your life look like? And I'm telling you, it might not happen in the way you want. It might not happen as fast as you want, but you'll get it. Or it might happen faster. I did not plan on being an ink growing, fastest growing company in America. I didn't plan on it. But every time somebody would ask me a question, like what does freedom look like if, if you can't take the afternoon off or the morning and go to dad's and donuts with Tim, is your, is your business really helping you achieve your personal goal? No, I'm just a slave to my own business. And I know that Mike can help you put structures in place and systems and all of that to not be a slave in your own business too. It's a mindset shift. But literally, we have to be careful with this because the one thing that caused you to move you know, toward a new job or toward a business or toward real estate investing could be the one thing that gets you trapped in a hell, in a prison cage that you created. I was literally at an Alaska mastermind with guys that are worth $5 million that are, that are they're, they're very clear that they want to get to 10 million. There's a big theme that we talk about in Go Abundance called seven to eight. 
What's the journey look like from a million dollars of net worth to eight figures, from a million to 10? So these are guys that are like, they're, they're on their way, right? And we're, we're, we're in Alaska, we're like facilitating this mastermind, and there's this theme there. So one of the guys is a doctor. And I'm asking them the question. So when we do these things, we get a, a book like thicker than that of each one of their like goals, values, um, their net worth, all, all of this stuff. They have to do a lot of homework. And when, when we, so we get to see all of this. So one of the guys is a doctor and he's making $650,000 a year. Like clear, bringing home $650,000 a year. All of his pain points, I start asking him the question. I'm like, He's got all these problems going on in his finances and he's working too much. And I'm like, how much are you working in your doctor's business? And he's like, like two and a half days a week, like four hours a day. I'm like, okay, so 10 hours. And I'm like, and you're making, you're bringing home $650,000? Working 10 hours in your doctor? Yep. Okay. Well, what's the problem? And he's like, well, you know, since I joined GoBundance, like I'm thinking about passive income and the conversation is like, we need to make enough passive income to replace our income, right? So I have freedom. And I'm like, okay, so what'd you do? And he's like, I started buying real estate because at some point in time, if I buy enough real estate, it's going to replace my income. I'm like, okay, so what's the problem? And he's like, well, all of my real estate assets are underperforming. I'm not making any money. And I'm spending like 45 hours a week dealing with horrible property managers and driving to properties that I can't get leased. And I'm like, wow, values conversation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to circle back to this here in a little bit, but we have to be really careful when we start designing our life and we get into these conversations around passive income, I've seen this so many times. The thing that was key to my success was staying really focused on, we were talking about this offline, but being focused on the flywheel. Your main core business is going to be the thing that creates the flywheel to all of your success. And don't lose focus on that thing. And if you feel like you need to lose focus on that thing, then maybe you need to really question whether that thing is the right business. So for me, when my coach said that, Karen, I made the list. And on my list was a plane, which by the way, I became a private pilot and I had a plane, um, but it wasn't a jet, but it was a cool plane. Um, we flew all over in our, in our plane. It was fun when, when the kids were younger. So I had a plane on my list and I had a mountain property, a lake property, or a Mountain property, a beach property, and a condo in the city, and then um, 25 rental properties. This was mine and Kara's thing, because I started thinking, if we could get two income-producing properties a year for 10 years, so just buy two a year for 10 years, I'd have 20 properties, and when I'm 65 and I'm working in this business, this was literally, this was where my, this was where my goals were at at that point in time. When I'm 65 years old and I'm still working in this business, I kind of had a one-track mind at that point. Then I'll have 20 properties that will help me retire. So again, I didn't have all the language and, and the access that you have to, you know, all the real estate gurus that are telling you that it's really simple. Uh, just buy some properties. It's going to be really easy. It's going to make your life so, so great, which I, I love real estate. Um, we'll, we'll touch on real estate's great. It's fantastic. But don't, don't, don't get dece deceived in the fact that it's easy. It's, it's a whole other job. And I just want to kind of plant that because I think so many times we get into it. That was what I was talking about with the doctors. We get into it thinking that it's going to be so easy. And in reality, I'm going to tell you almost every time the ROI on a dollar or an hour invested in something is going to be much greater in yourself and in your own business than it will ever be in one of my mobile home park funds ever. 
ever. The return on every dollar or hour invested in yourself or in your business is almost always going to be a greater return. The problem is you just can't see it. It's hard to quantify sometimes. But I can tell you over and over and over, I, I've seen it so many times. So our goal was 20 income producing properties a year. We came back, we bought two that first year. It's interesting. One of my mentors, Dan Sullivan, always says, when the eyes only see and the ears only hear what the brain is looking for. So when we start setting our brain toward what we want, our eyes and our ears start literally looking for opportunity. You see things that you would have never seen before. If somebody came to me and said, hey, I have this deal, you'd be like, okay, great. But now when we know what we're looking for and we're really clear on it, we have a much better opportunity to close on that deal or to go after it. The other side of that coin is, and I see this so often and I fall into it myself all the time, is I get distracted. I get distracted by the next shiny object. So we have to be really careful. And that's why I want to anchor with every dollar invested in yourself or in your current business is probably a better investment than in somebody else's. Now, there will be a point where you need to diversify. And maybe some of you guys are already there. I don't know. There is a point where you diversify and maybe you need to you know, start moving some eggs to other baskets. But the thing that I want to say to you is a lot of this, a lot of people like me that would raise capital or want you to invest in their deals come from a perspective of, I mean, you guys are all probably pretty well versed in sales and, and that. So we got all these tips and tactics and ways that we get people, you know, we counteract the, um, the nose and everybody that you're talking to is pretty good at that. And I'm going to tell you that most of the time investing in yourself is a good thing. And if we don't want to, it's either because we're in the wrong business or it's out of fear. How many of you guys have ever felt like maybe the revenue pipeline or the faucet's going to shut off at some point? You ever, you ever have that fear? That's what Mike was kind of talking about, about, you know, the, the attraction and what are we, we all have that fear right around the corner, it's in our brain. Like we're naturally wired to protect ourselves. And right around the next corner could be something that's gonna eat me, right? The reason why we wanna stop investing in ourselves and we get to the point where we wanna invest in other things even, even if it's in ourselves and we start saying, you know what, I'm gonna start another business. I'm gonna open another line of business, whatever it is. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, but the reality is nine times out of 10, if you've got something good going, stay on course. Stay on course. A lot of times it's fear that causes us well, you know, I need to start investing a third of my income into passive real estate investments because what if, what if this whole thing shuts off? Well, what if it does? What if it does? What if, what if my business failed and I had to go back to work for someone else? Do you guys think if you went back to zero, it would be easier or harder to get back to where you are than the first time? But then yet the other side of the conversation is we're scared to invest more in ourselves and our own business because what if it ends? What if it ends? Who cares? Most people that their business failed, they got better for it. I literally had a soft goal that I was really, I was really cautious to say out loud because the majority of people that I knew that were extremely wealthy went bankrupt by the time they were 30. So I was always like, I kind of want to go bankrupt by the time I'm 30 because that's like, I didn't. Um, but that was kind of like a, most people that are really successful have gone bankrupt a couple of times. What do they do? They get up and they get a lot better. Why? Because they have so much more knowledge and expertise. This is what I was saying earlier about talent. Talent can only get you so far. I could fail today and the talent that I had in 2004 would not get me, it wouldn't get me back to where I am today in a year or two. It would take me a long time again.
But everything that I've learned on top of that, all the courses that I've done, all the masterminds, all the people that have taught me, all the things that I've learned, all the transformation that I've went through, that's the important part. So it's not talent that gets us to where we want to go. It's being in rooms like this and learning and getting those one anchor. There's one thing that could change the course of your, that's all I'm looking for. When I go to an event like this, I'm just looking for one thing. If there's like one thing that I can take away from, it doesn't mean you don't get 15 or 20, but it, usually there's one thing that changes the course of my, and my wife, my wife and I, you know, probably every month or two, we're, we're in a room like this. Why? Because I just, I want to get better. I want to get better every day. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.